0: Alright, good morning everyone, good morning, uh, let's get started into this week's group call. I'm just going to put you on mute for a moment, um, if you're not talking, just the, the rules of this I suppose group call that we do just to make sure the audio is crystal clear, um, keep people on, keep yourself on mute, uh, if you're not talking keep yourself on mute, if you are talking obviously unmute yourself. Uh, Just reason being for that is that way we get a nice, uh, clear recording without any background noise. So, um, yeah, you will obviously all have a chance to jump on and uh, share, ask questions, all that kind of stuff. So uh, before we get into it, uh, one of the things I wanted to just um, talk about, uh, I don't really talk, I do talk about it a bit, but I wanted to talk about because I think it's a great resource and, um, and that is the Western A Price foundation. So if you go on to org, I'm just going to do it as I uh, as I speak, but westonaprice.org. Weston Price was a researcher uh, slash dentist in the 1920s, 1930s, and he wrote a book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Uh, and in that book, basically, he, he asked the question, what and answers the question, I think in many ways, what is the healthiest diet? What does the healthiest diet look like? And what he did to to find the answer to this was he went around the world and studied and and looked at, uh, fourteen different native cultures from the Mazai to the Inuit Eskimos uh, to uh, Aboriginals in Australia, but really uh, to African Americans and looked at what what they ate, what was their native diet, and uh, what made them healthy, and analyzing. You know, uh, these 14 traditional diets, uh, he came came to a conclusion. That conclusion was basically a hunted, fish gathered, and plucked diet and eating things that were in your environment and um, eating things that were also seasonal. Uh, truth be told, he thought he was going to find a uh, vegan society. He didn't find any vegan society, he didn't find any vegans. And the 1920s, 1930s was an interesting time. And it was an interesting time simply because. Uh, one of the things with the 1920s is, and the 1930s, is was a period where you didn't have the mainstream, I suppose, commercialized. It was just starting that you had commercialized food processes, especially like Crisco oils. They started in 1911, uh, and you had some industrialized uh, hydrogenated oils, uh, not partially hydrogenated oils. Partially hydrogenated oils were 1947 after World War II, uh, but you certainly had a lot of commercial foods starting to enter uh, the diet. and But you also had what people traditionally did, what were their traditions, what were people eating. People were still eating offal, they were still eating organ meats, they were doing bone broth, slow cooked meats. Um, there weren't as many, obviously, like baked goods. There wasn't the twenty-four-seven convenience. So you you got a chance in a window in uh, this interesting period of time where people were still and cultures were still very connected to a traditional way of eating. To and then uh, you had the the other side where people started eating this modern diet and started getting sicker and and fatter. Um, so he, he looked at what they ate and he went, uh, you know, all different cultures and really uh, came, as I said, came to the conclusion that hunted, fished, gathered and plucked is best. And also in that, he, he also correlated, um, you know, almost every every culture had some form of butter, uh, whether they used butter or ghee. And he took many samples of, of uh, the culture's different butters and correlated that some of the healthiest cultures, you know, really put a lot of effort into um, you know consuming butter and these saturated fats so uh yeah western a price you can become a member they have an annual journal that they send out uh which is great they've got a podcast which is also great on numerous different issues i actually interviewed sally fallon a few years ago she's the ceo of um the Western A. Price Foundation, but in terms of a resource, it is it is, it is really a fantastic resource. Uh, there's a lot of really good people who are part of this uh, foundation. Another one who I'm actually going to be doing a podcast with in two weeks is Kayla D. Daniels. Kayla wrote the book, The Whole Soy Story, uh, back in like, 2005 and did a phenomenal job at just basically ripping apart all the problems with soy from an environmental to a health perspective to even like the ethicalness of um, sustainable farming. She did a really great job of looking at soy and basically destroying it as a, you know, it's a bad food on every level. And you can find a lot of her work on the Western A. Price Foundation along with Sally Fallon has another good presentation on YouTube called The Oiling of America. That's a um, that's a really good one to, to watch. All about saturated fats, and she goes through the political manipulation and also the, the alternative agenda from uh, food manufacturers. How they they uh, they basically got in and changed things. And um, yeah. So anyway, um, I'm gonna unmute uh, Mohammed. Mohammed, uh, how are you today? What's been going on? Jump on the line. Let's have a chat. Hey,
1: how's it going? How are you? Good. good. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm glad to be on this. Couldn't wait. Like as soon as I heard there's gonna be a group, I'm like, let's just join it and see what's gonna go on. Yeah. So pretty excited. Cool man.
0: What's been what's been going on for you?
1: Um, nothing much to be honest. Just, you know, firing along these uh, funny, funny periods in our life. Um with everything that's going on. Uh you know, obviously because of everything that's going on, people try to create new things to do. Um try to focus on more important things, prioritize things, make new habits and that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing lately, really. So just focusing mainly on my health, Um, you know, trying to be as productive as I can.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And everyone, yeah. Feel, feel free to put your webcam on. If you're, if you're sitting down on your desktop or even if you're on a mobile phone, feel free to put your webcam on. Obviously, if you've got a, a lagging internet, then maybe not. But, um, yeah, feel free to put your, your webcam on so we can see you. And uh, make it make it more real, I suppose. Um, so, in terms of your training, what have you been doing with your
1: training? Um, with training, training, I've still been training with James. Um, we'll be doing you know outdoor sessions twice a week, um, and you know just keeping activity up as much as I can, um, which is most important as well. But the most important thing for me is managing my food because I've always had a bad relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Um, And being able to manage that and get on top of it as much as I can is probably the most important thing for me.
0: Hi, Amy. Um, Amy's waving. Uh, Yeah, well, not awesome you've had a bad relationship, but... um... It's good that you're getting on top of it and and doing things. Um, So, yeah, and I just wanted to to take that moment and just say, yeah, that's obviously available to everyone. If you're wanting to do (coughs) sessions in the park with with one of our trainers, um, you can definitely do that. Um, So in terms of relationship with food, I want to read to you something that I've been working on. It's a chapter in a book that I'm updating yep. at the moment um, and it basically chapter one, a short lesson in diet philosophy. And this just pertains to the point that you were talking about. So I thought it'd be uh, fitting just to kind of give, yeah. give everyone, give yourself some food for thought on this issue. Cause I know certainly I had a, had a bad relationship with food for uh, some time. So Chapter one, a short lesson in diet philosophy. The very word diet implies a temporary fix. At Enterprise, we don't teach diets. We do we teach daily practices. These day those daily practices become habits. Those habits form patterns and predictable patterns create success. If you approach your food and nutrition with just the intention of wanting to look good and lose weight, you're setting yourself up for failure. As there will one day come a time where you look good and have lost weight. But then what? Instead of diet, instead, diet and nutrition should be approached from the framework of identity. Who you are and what do you wanna become? Example, I am a healthy person. I am fit, I am energetic. Now, to become those things, how would that person eat? Notice there's no end point to an identity. It's not about eating, it's not about eating to lose X kilos by X date. Your eating habits are formed based on who you are, not what you're trying to achieve. What you're trying to achieve becomes a side effect of who you are. This is a pivotal point in switching someone from a yo-yo dieter to having long-term success. From your identity, you form your beliefs about yourself and and the world. Imagine taking on these beliefs as if they were true. won't read all of them, but one of the key ones is I am a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build and nourishes my body. Again, in that mind frame, what does that person eat? Uh, From those beliefs, you start to sort information out from the world. I'm just going to jump to a different section, this section here. Uh, which is just, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but it's about the pyramid of of change, right? And at the top, we have our our identity. Below that, we've got our beliefs and values. Below that, we have our skills and skill sets. And then we have behaviors. And at the very bottom is our environment. And the example I always use is the the Biggest Loser hit TV show. Many of the participants on The Biggest Loser, uh, you know, get off The Biggest Loser only to put the weight straight back on. So the show is an example of changing someone's environment. Uh, pull someone out of their normal environment and then put them in an environment designed for rapid change. Sure, you'll have long-term success, but but if you don't work on and make changes to the levels above the pyramid, aka your identity, your beliefs and values, your skills and skill sets, you're going to go back to doing what you were unconsciously programmed to do. So if we only make changes to behaviors, we'll find ourselves scrolling on Instagram to try and find motivation, find ways to stick to it. This is why always it always comes back down to um, making a diet and I suppose a way of living fit your identity and fit in with your beliefs and values because that's going to determine the skills and skill sets that you actually take on as well. For example, if you identify as a vegan, you're going to find skills and skill sets that support you cooking as a vegan. If you identify as someone who's unhealthy and who's overweight, you're going to find skills and skill sets like smoking, drinking, uh, and practicing bad behaviors that are going to further support um, the, uh, that environment of you being basically not where you want to be. So there, there's some food for thought. Um, thoughts, Muhammad. Yeah,
1: awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, what, what, what thoughts do you have on that? That's. Um, yeah, of course. Like, every, everything you mentioned is obviously quite uh, – it's obviously true. Um, but the thing that's, that's really changed for me is that ever since I started, obviously, or oh, everything – ever since I started um, on my health journey, um, it, it obviously did start. Well, the when you do start, you're not as wise as, obviously, as you go through the whole, uh, whole process. Um, when I did start, it was more about just, you know, me looking better and all that type of stuff and, you know, whether I was, like, fitting in or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started to move into more, um, obviously, doing it, as a lifestyle I didn't look at it as a diet anymore. And there was certain there were certain um points in my life that reinforced me to make it a lifestyle and to know that what I'm doing is actually very beneficial for my entire life and for my kids when I decide to get married and all that type of stuff. So it wasn't just something that I had to do. It was something that I wanted to do because obviously of the benefits that it that it produced. Um, and I've been uh, By the way, thank you for giving us access to the Wolfpack content. I was watching one of um I'm not sure if get his name correct, is it Dwayne?
0: Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was watching I was watching one of his um or one of the one of the casts that you guys done with him. And it was talking about um, you know, the the process, what is the the you know, reward all achievements and it was a C double as well. Mm. Um so it sort of became, it wasn't something that I had to do or something that I wanted to do. So every time I'd, you know, um, make sure I was eating properly, make sure I was, you know, looking after my health, I'd reward it. So it was sort of like a a positive reinforcement for me. It wasn't something that I had to do and I felt annoyed and I had to, you know, neglect things and and deprive myself of doing things and stuff like that. So um, just um, sifting out things that made sense to me and that would help my process, um, become easier along the way.
0: Yep. So I suppose you said challenges, yep. right? You don't want to slip into any old habits or, or or bad patterns. What what challenges are still lingering for you? What um what are you what are you struggling with?
1: Um, challenges, I guess, for everyone is obviously a lot different. Um, I hear people's stories and they talk about the challenges they face, and you try to apply it to yourself. It is hard because everyone lives in a different circumstance and environment. For me. Living in, you know, a quite tight-knit family, Mediterranean, you know, heaps of people always around, food all over the place, all that type of stuff. Um, It it is hard and I've adapted to it and created new strategies to not necessarily avoid it, but, you know, whether it's swap something or or avoid something or do something more productive in that sense to The the biggest challenge for you
0: is living it basically with, uh, with your family, and uh, having that constant yeah. influence of uh, of their, their their way of living rather than your way of living.
1: Yeah, of course. And and I guess you can't really change that because obviously their age is a big factor as people that have habits that are just stuck that you can't really yeah. <laughs> change as much. But I, I try to work as much as I can with people or like relatives my age and friends my age and even younger to you know change habits. Do, do you feel... People you definitely notice... Um, Sometimes, like I don't make it a priority to change them, but they see the the, the results that I've um, produced for myself, and they come to me, approach me, and say, "Hey, what are you doing? How do you do this? How do you stay so consistent? All that type of stuff." I just share simple things with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, yes. So. Well, I mean that's that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I suppose my, my always frame point is um, when you stop trying to make people change, that's when they actually change. Uh, when you when yeah, you of keep pu- pushing against and, and trying to make people uh, change, they they usually resist and you get frustrated because it's that they have to work walk through the door. But yeah, I think your, your challenge probably is one that's um, somewhat temporary. Because when you, when you move out, you know, whether you move out by yourself, get an apartment, move in with a partner, whatever it is, you'll have a lot more, yeah. like that, that just won't exist. It won't, you won't be yeah. pushing against. A lot more freedom, that's for sure. Y- yes, yes. You'll be, uh, you'll have your own sovereignty to make decisions and, and not have to um, explain the decisions that you make yeah. quite freeing. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, you go ahead. Yeah. No, but I guess everything that that does happen within this stage obviously happens for a reason. I guess it helps me build a bit of resilience towards, um, you know, like negative talk and and those certain environments. So like when I am confronted with such environments, I know how to deal with it. So I guess everything happens for a reason, and you're put into a position that you can handle. Well, yes. whatever that
0: yeah. environment is. Oh well, yes, that's correct. Like when you work at a, a you know wherever you go for work let's say for example I know David would always tell me in his corporate job as well as many clients you know people would just constantly why are you eating that why are you doing this for why you, why don't you put some sauce on it why don't you have a slice of pizza why, one won't hurt you just have a piece of chocolate like just constant barrage and um you know you got to get you got to get clear I remember once um I was actually out to lunch and my cousin was like, you know, I went, went, ordered what I ordered. It was like, I asked for, you know, I said to the, to the waiter, like, do you have fish? Can I get the fish with uh, just plain? Can I just get it with some salad? And my cousin turned around and said, why can't you just be normal? I'm like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> why, why does, why does what I eat affect you? Like, like I'm eating it. So why is it any of your business that she got, you know, shut up, you know, took a step back and was like, oh, well. I'm just saying, I'm like, well, it is normal. Like, what you're eating isn't normal. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to constantly get – you know, it, it doesn't matter where. You're going to constantly – and, obviously, since. That was years ago. But since that time, like, it's like, well, you, you know, you've got you to gotta stand up and, and shout what you believe in because you, it is going to get challenged. And a lot of the time, people just like, you know, I wish it wasn't challenged. But the truth is, like, the challenge, you got to see the challenge as good because it, it, it further makes you be planned and, like, question, why are you doing this because – like why yeah. are you doing it, right? Like are you doing it for you or are you doing it for someone else? And this is where, you know, the difference between intrinsic and external motivation is, is so important to understand because if, it, if it's constantly relying on external motivation, it, it's it's going to it's gonna get fleeting. Um, you're always going to be looking for that next hit. You're going to be scrolling on Instagram and you're also equally going to be affected by, you know, other people who may be having more success than you or their success looks easier than yours um, if it's external. Where if it's internal and you you know that this is a part of you, this is your identity, you know, the, the rabbit doesn't need to wake up and remember to eat grass. You know, the cat doesn't need to re- remember to chase mice. Um, it just does it because it's a cat. And when you come from that framework, it's like, oh, well, I eat this food because I'm healthy. Why else would I eat anything else? Uh, it becomes an automated response of I'm not going to be putting this crap in my body because why would I? That's such like, I don't, I don't have to force myself not to think about McDonald's. Like McDonald's is just not a food that I eat. I don't view it as food. It's not something that, um, like it, it enters into my mind I don't wake up one day and go oh you know what I really feel like I'm missing out on my McDonald's because McDonald's just doesn't fundamentally fit in with my identity of who I am or my beliefs and values so that's where you, like if you map this out together like with your family and that it's like you've got to understand their position of their identity they're ethnic okay so as ethnic food. What is food about? Food is about, um, you know, union. It's about showing that you love someone. It's about connection. It's about family. And to not accept food is also to say that you're basically not accepting family. You're not um, accepting that communion. So then it's also like takes that lag period of explaining to your family that it's actually not that at all. Like you do, you are with your family. And um, like, what are the other ways that you can show your family that there is union and connection and community and all those things um, without like without them and, and, and helping them understand that, that that this food isn't, like it's not the only way to show love, which in ethnic cultures often, that's what it's about. It's not about the actual food. It's about their way of showing love to someone. Yeah. And then if you understand that, it actually gives you a lot more um, freedom in the sense that, well, like they, they, if I say no to the chicken wings tonight or you know the Lebanese bread or whatever it is, um, they're not like they're not offended. They're not trying to make me fat. They're trying to show me love. How else could I show them love? Well, maybe I get up and give them a hug, give them a yeah. kiss, what, whatever it is. Um, you know, draw them a picture, or, or whatever they want. Like write them some nice words on a card so they feel loved. Um, Because it's it's a thing of like giving and receiving. How do you give love? How do you receive love? And you know, often with, with particularly like you know your grandmother, uh, your mom, maybe dad, whatever. Um, the way they were taught was to show love with with making food and giving food. So um that's also another powerful point to keep in mind as well
1: yeah definitely
2: uh, jump
0: yeah. In. yeah jump in hey i want to i want to see you jump though <laughs> <laughs>
2: um i understand what you're talking about as well like i'm i guess similar to mark in the sense that like my family's italian so i get where you're coming from um in the sense of that whole The way they eat, you know, it's a certain way and what Mark's talking about, the way they show love and things like that. Um, I don't think it ever gets easier, to be honest. Like, I've been cooking now for seven years, eating the way I eat, and it's still a surprise to my mum that I don't have dairy and gluten. Like, every time, it's still the same conversation every time I might go to my parents for dinner. And I don't live with my parents, so it's a little bit different. Um, But... It's still that same conversation and, and you can't really, like Mike was saying, when you stop trying to change people, then they'll try and they'll start to change on their own. So you can't really force your family and things to change. You just have to, I guess, march to the beat of your own drum and know why you're doing it and be okay with that and not get you know, frustrated or upset or whatever if they're still questioning you or um, trying to challenge you because they're always going to do that because they're not you. They're not going to live the lifestyle that you live. And even if they do start to, they're probably not going to live it to the level that you um, So it is always going to be there. It's never going to go away um, with family. That's always difficult with family. They are just what they yeah. are. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's changing the way you go about it and the way you you react to their reactions or their behaviour about it. And like I know I go through... Times where I can get quite snappy and frustrated at my family when I'm just like, why are we having this conversation again? Like, why are you saying, oh, you can't have dairy? No, it's not. I can't. I choose not to. Like, it's the same conversation every time. But that um, it's, it's I guess, yeah. Take your step and going. Well, no, I I have control how I choose to react to it. I control how they can it
3: So yeah, of course,
2: your headspace and where
3: how you behave rather than you
0: know they're always going to be like that yeah and you can always choose not to talk about it or choose to change the topic um you know you don't you don't have to yeah of conversation course station and you feel like oh why don't you have dairy hey did you see that football game oh yeah, yeah. What, what, like it's it's what what? yeah yeah like yeah i just don't feel like that today i feel a bit full anyway um what car do you drive? Like, I don't know, you think of a thousand different topics, just conversation switch. Um, you know, to be honest, that that's one of the ways like I, I started doing with a lot of people just because I just couldn't be bothered um, explaining myself. And they, you know what? They don't care. They actually don't care at all. They just, you know, a lot of the time trying to make a conversation. It's like um, when someone does a bodybuilding comp or a figure comp or bikini, like as soon as that person gets off stage, the first thing that they get asked is when you're doing your next one. Now, does that person who's asking really care about their next show? No, they don't give two shits. It's just they don't know what to say, and they're just trying to make conversation because it's interesting. It's like you probably got it, Amy, when you did your fight. Oh, when's your next fight? Well, I just finished my first fight. Let's just talk about how I did in the first fight, and then we'll talk about if I want to fight again. Uh, Let's not assume that I have to fight again because I've just done my first one. Like I don't have to keep going on this. Uh, It's like, you know, when people are – you still get that now, hey? When you when you're fighting, when you're fighting. Well it's it's the same No, it's
3: not you as a job,
0: but, Yeah. So And it's the same thing in you when you're in a relationship too, yeah? Like when you're a relationship or well, when you're getting a girlfriend, you get a girlfriend. Oh yeah, when you guys getting engaged, you get engaged. When you guys getting married, you get married. When you guys having kids, you have kids. When you're having your next one, And then you have one. And then when you're having your next one, it's like, fuck, settle down. Like, there are other things to talk about. Do you know my kids' names? Do you want to know their names? Like, it's, there's there's other things. And also, another thing um, that always kind of, when this topic comes up, I'm a big Simpsons fan, as some of you know. There's a great, like, kind of skit that they did in The Simpsons uh, where Lisa becomes a vegetarian. And um, she she basically has a spaz at Homer obviously because Homer keeps eating bacon and uh, you know pork and uh, he just eats everything and she thinks that her dad is like this you know monster basically and anyway she meets Abu in in the in the quickie mart and um, she goes she says that like she's doing this type of vegan and Abu's like oh no I don't consume any animal products and she's like oh, you must think that I'm a monster and he's like very much. She's like, but why are you still talking to me? And then he, he like kind of goes on to this thing around like how he respects people's beliefs and it's not about trying to change people. And you know, always in kind of like his like it's comedic it's, it's, it's like wisdom. But um, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely like in terms of a, a kind of comedic visual that scene in The Simpsons where Boo speaks to, or a Pooh speaks to, um, to Lisa about, and it's like, you know, you must think I'm a monster. Absolutely, but you still treat me with respect. Well, why wouldn't I? Kind of thing, like. It's, it's, it's always uh, one of those things. Anyway, what I'll say now is everyone, if you want to whip out your, your trusty iPhone, uh, put your uh, webcam on if it's not already. We do this thing. Each group call, we take a photo of where we're at. So I'm just going to take a photo for their Instagram and I'll upload it a little. Oh, there's Laura. I'll upload. I'll do that again. So Christina, Carol, able to? Lewis, chuck your uh, webcam on. Let me take that one. I didn't get Laura's face on it. There's Lewis, Christina, and Carol. Oh, we going to pose? Do we have to there pose? You, you can pose. You can do whatever you want. I'm happy with this one. There we go. Christina and Carol maybe don't have access to a webcam where they're listening from. But if you do, chuck it on. Uh, what other questions? Anything else? I have mine is- on. Oh, you got, your, you got yours?
4: Yeah, I'm in the car, but I have it on. I can see me, but maybe you okay. can't see me. No, we can't see you.
0: We can't see you. Oh, okay. That's all good. All good. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe I can send you. Yeah, I can. There you is. Send web, webcam request. I can't send one. To I can't send it to you. Anyway, other questions, Muhammad? Other other things, thoughts?
1: Other questions? Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's definitely plenty. Um, I think just as we go along, you just kind of come up with questions. Um, one thing, one thing I've I've noticed lately is obviously the the power of reading things and and looking through other people's experiences and and kind of relating it to your own. Um, and I think that's very powerful to to understand because you won't know how to solve things or, or find solutions to not necessarily solutions, but um, new ways to do things. Um, for challenges or problems, unless you you see other people's um, or read other people's experiences. Um, and one thing that's definitely helped me—it was funny. I when I came back from overseas, you know, at the start of the year, um, it was sort of like a moment where I walked into this bookstore, um, and you know, I was just sifting through books. Like I've I've never read a book in my life. Um, sifting through this book, open open up to this page, and there was like quotes about nutrition, and I. I started reading through it, it. Was talking about fasting and all this type of stuff, and it and it and I really enjoyed it for some reason. It was like a paragraph. I totally forgot what it was about. Um, but this was this was overseas. This was in Saudi. So by the time I got back, I took a picture of the book. Got back. I'm like, I'm gonna buy this book from the bookstore. So as soon as I got back, bought the book. Had no idea what it was about. Um, the book's called The Five A.M. with the Five A.M. Club by Robin Sharma. Um, and it. And it basically talks about this billionaire that um, bumped into two people during a seminar, um, and he invited them to his spirit, like secret island in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Um, and he's basically he, he takes them through his process of, you know, like optimizing your day through waking up early in the morning and and um, you know doing everything early in the morning. Um, he has a quote. It's called "Earn Your Morning, Elevate Your Life." Um, and obviously, the more I was the more I was reading through it. He he puts all these methods and rules in place, um, and I started following a few. You know, waking up early in the morning. You know, doing a bit of praying, meditation, exercising. Um, you know, just planning out my day. And I found out or like saw that these things actually really do help. Um, and just obviously, the more you read about. You know these all these amazing quotes and and the more you reinforce um the beliefs and ideas in, in your head so that was definitely one thing that i really enjoyed or something that i've been doing lately yep yeah. yeah he
0: wrote i think the uh, yeah. monk who sold his ferrari as well yeah, okay i'm on the website now looking at it um yeah good good man good uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely stories Delicious. stories certainly help um to cast yourself as that hero and live it out in a third-person perspective, so you can see uh, how someone else is doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Well, um, let's um, let's bring um, Carol on the line. Thanks for your contribution today and questions, Mohammed. We'll circle back around. Thank you. We get a bit of time. Um, uh, but yeah, Carol, you've been on the line for a little while. What's going on? How are you? How are the kids going? How's it uh, back in the US? Oh,
4: hey, Mark. Um, hi, everyone. You can't see me? I can see you, but I guess you can't see me. I don't no, we can't but, see you. Um, okay. Anyway, thank you for another good call. Um, I So, last week, you guys, you and um, Dave gave me some suggestions about, you know, with my kids in the U.S. and um, things that I can talk to them about and the thing with, like, the fear versus the danger. And it was really great to kind of put in perspective. And, you know, when I did my FaceTime check-in with them, I realized like they're, they're not in danger of, um, you know, like dying of starvation. They have enough food, they have money. I can send them money for food and like they're actually cooking and you know, they're, they're yeah. fine. Um, that way I talked to my, the, the one son um, who's alone in our house, um, about the master class and for cooking cause he really enjoys cooking. In fact, he's showing me, he'll send me pictures of these amazing dishes he's making and, um, he thought that was a great idea. He's slammed right now with his classes. He's almost done his first year of uni, so he doesn't have time now, but we're going to relook at that in a few weeks. But what I thought was kind of funny was about a, an hour later after we hung up, he texted me and said he got an ad for master class. Like, huh. His phone heard us talking. <laughs> it's so bizarre. He's like, I got an ad for that. But uh, but that was a good suggestion. And I, I feel more um, settled and at ease with with my kids being over there. I mean, it's a disaster with COVID-19 in the States, but, you know, they're doing what they can to keep safe. They're staying out of everywhere. They're just going to the grocery store when needed. And like, they're doing what they can. And, um, I don't have that fear right now of like, you know, they're going to die of starvation or some awful thing. I mean, they could catch the disease like anybody else, but I have less, um, worry about them right now since we talked last week and so that's been great
0: that's really positive it's great to hear yeah Um, thanks Um,
4: good yeah it's really helpful um the other thing i was going to mention was um in terms of like my training and stuff this week i started my first session with luke at the park and that was really great yeah it was just you know fun like to do something different um out in the park, and I brought my three kids that live here with me. I brought them along, and we um, and they played basketball. So they weren't near us because you can only have two people together. But they went and played basketball, and so I got them out exercising, which was nice. But um, and then we did our check-in yesterday evening, which was good. Um, one thing that he was telling me about was the um, the wolf pack, you know, and Mohammed or someone was pushing it a little while ago. Um, with all the you know the information and nutrition stuff on there why yes. I couldn't get on though he gave me my username and password and it didn't work so he suggested that I email Amelia so I did that but I'm looking forward to getting on that I I don't know what something like whatever was not working the username or password unfortunately wasn't yeah. right but um once I get on that I'm looking forward to looking you know into all that looking at the podcast and the whatever videos and all of the info you have on there because I just find that I'm learning so much that's why I like these calls are great just hearing what other people are doing and um, and just the more I am around the environment your environment and the people the trainers and Luke and everybody I'm just learning so much so I really looking forward to helping on that once that's working and you know just kind of making myself more knowledgeable about it because you know like just can't it can't hurt the more you know
0: about it it's I, been great so I think yeah, I know great. what the issue is um, yeah, I'm just on there now on the back end. Um, what I'll do, I'll do it actually. Oh, okay. After the call, um, I've just put in the chat just so everyone knows. Like, so, so. Uh, firstly, all the podcasts that we have are actually free, and you can get access to the meeting without the So all the podcasts are either on iTunes or YouTube or SoundCloud. So the best place to get, I'll put it in the chat. <laughs> The best place to get the podcasts isn't actually the uh, enterprise website. It's actually the personal trainer mentoring website, which is a site I put together as a resource for personal trainers. So. It's a site I put together as a resource for personal trainers. So. there's some feedback. I can hear myself talking. I know, some um, feedback. I can hear myself talking. you, Carol. Uh, is someone else on the line? If someone's just caught called... No, it's Carol's phone. That's why. Uh, all right. I've just muted you, Carol, just so I don't get the feedback. Um, and, and that in my ear. But I'm going to, uh, if you go to this link here, in fact, what I'll do, just one second, folks, one second while I do this, share my screen with you. No, let's figure out how to do this. One second. Oh, there it is, of course. Applications. All right. So I'm just sh- sharing my screen just to show you some. I'm going to show you some links and things that you can have a look at, uh, and just show you through the site as well. So, firstly, firstly, um, if you go to this website here, which is uh, personaltrainingmentoring.com, if you click on podcasts, this is probably the best place to get access to all of our podcasts. This is the website I put together for uh, for personal trainers. Uh, the podcasts are sorted in, or all podcasts, obviously, nutrition, business, and life, training, and lifting. So. There's always, like let's say you click into our latest one, which is this one here, it will give you the, uh, this one we haven't transcribed, but most of them we have transcriptions for, but you can listen to it on iTunes or SoundCloud. So if you obviously click the link, it will take you to the uh, in, uh, iTunes link, which you can listen to on your phone, subscribe. Always appreciate if you can leave us a review. It really does help our rankings um, in, and for our message to be heard. So yeah, if you can leave us a review, that would be awesome. The other place to go is uh, YouTube. So this you can play directly through YouTube. But instead, what I'll do just to show you, um, if you click on our YouTube, hit subscribe as well, so you get all of our updates and all the videos. But we've got yeah he- heaps of stuff on YouTube. If you go to, the internet's a little slow. But this is the iTunes, so you can leave a review. That's always super appreciated. That has all the episodes there. Um, you can listen to it in your car if you've got the, the podcast app. If you've got an iPhone, definitely check that out. Uh, this is oh yeah, it's just the same of what I was doing. Uh, just, oops, this is the the SoundCloud, so you can you can listen through SoundCloud as well. All our episodes are there, and on the iTunes, if you click on or search Enterprise Fitness, there's two Enterprise Fitness pages on uh, on YouTube. You want this one, so as I said, hit subscribe. We have a few different playlists. These are all the Whoops episodes. These are our exercise tutorials. They are our meet our trainer videos. These are our like um, stories of people who have like trained with us. Uh, you got Helen and stuff there. Um, you know more interviews. These are some real old school ones that I've done. So these are fantastic. You can check these out. Um, yeah, they're they're really good. But I did those in like 2011, 2012. Like we've got some old old school interviews, but they're they're evergreen content. And obviously like we've got what like. 400 or so videos, Uh, three, 400 videos. So there's there's heaps of stuff that you can use. So yeah, to get access to that, you don't um, actually need uh, the website. But then obviously we've given, I think almost everyone access to this site here, which is uh, enterprisemembers.com.au. Your one will look a little bit different to mine. You won't have these two tabs, but you've certainly got the nutrition tab and you've got the training tab. And then there's something in the coaching tab too There's Nutrition Mastery in, um, I'll go to it my way. There's Nutrition Mastery in your tab. If you wanna learn nutrition, I would recommend doing my Nutrition Mastery course. Uh, There's about seven videos, uh, and just FYI, this is the type of training that we get our enterprise staff, like this is the type of training that we put our enterprise staff through. Um, so they, they do like the online modules as well as they do like the face-to-face stuff that we do as well as regular and we assess them too. So if you want to see like insight into the way we like train our staff, this is this is a really great place. Um, but do it in order, like there's module one, understanding your client, module two, art of compliance, three, resetting normal. Actually, you could like if you don't want to understand like the psychological stuff, these two are on like psychological tips and how to coach someone. This one is getting into like, you know, what to actually do. Uh, resetting normal, creating meal plans, um, supplement foundations. So there's all that you can listen to. One of well, one of my mentors, Bob Guell, he taught me muscle testing. These unfortunately aren't edited that great. I mean, like they're six hours, you know, one video is six hours. So you, you've got to watch, pause, watch, pause, kind of thing, come back to it, because let's face it, no one's going to sit down for six hours and watch the whole thing. Um, so, but just the way they were edited, like if they've been edited as one block, um, Bob Bob's probably my most influential mentor when it comes to supplements and um, nutrition. In this course, he goes through every vitamin, mineral, uh, vitamin, mineral, amino acid. It's called the human alphabet. He goes through everything and explains like, what is ta- taurine? What does taurine do? What is tyrosine? What is tyrosine? Like it is a phenomenal course. and forever grateful that I was able to bring Bob out to teach it and he's been teaching me stuff for for many years so that's a really great course that you can look at and there's lots there um we've got some stuff on like understanding blood markers with christine which you can look at there like what do bloods mean and it's quite technical but obviously if you're interested in that we've got uh kind of my lighter stuff which is like a behavioral approach to nutrition where i talk about um you know like mindset hacks i suppose uh like uh, some some of these um duplicate in that nutrition mastery course this is also very good this section here this is with uh, reese talking about uh, how to figure out macros just one thing on this if you can watch the latest stuff like for example this is 2017 i think 2018 yeah always watch the newer stuff rather than like the oldest like so if you can get a 2019 this is reese 2019 watch that over watching Reese in 2017 or 18 Um, or even that goes for my stuff as well. Like the newer stuff is more up to date. So just see if there's the more up to date stuff. And then, you know, in training, there's heaps of stuff in training that you can, you know, uh, screening and assessments, presentations by me. Uh, Let me close that one off. Um, Yeah, there's quite a bit. Like this this was from a course that we just did in um, February. So that will teach you about training. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots here. We've got some stuff with Andrew Locke as well, some powerlifting stuff with Sebastian Oreb. Uh, yeah, he, heaps heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff to keep you busy uh, for <laughs> probably all of lockdown, really. So yeah, to get access to this, it's enterprisemembers.com.au. Um, and then if you don't have a if you don't have logins, reach out to me or Amelia. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Questions. I'll unmute Carol again. Um, not sure if you saw all of that, Carol. But um, maybe. yeah,
4: I, I did. Thanks. Um, I will get back to you know. I'll just see what Amelia comes back with, and hopefully that'll that'll work soon. Um, yeah, I think all we need looking to looking forward to that.
0: De- delete you, and then put you back on. So what will happen? I'll, I'll actually I'll be able to do it now. Um, what we'll just do is I'll delete your file, like your account. And then i'll, I'll make it okay. again and then the site just so everyone knows the site will send you an email that basically says um you know you've got this is your password to the site so that's what that is it sometimes goes to your junk um so just check that okay. out in case it goes to your junk yeah
4: okay awesome that's great um yeah and just one last thing like in terms of my the training and stuff i was well i was training for a comp which obviously was cancelled because uh, of everything so Instead, um, we just, uh, Luke suggested a photo shoot. So I kind of scrambled together one quickly and with a couple days notice, did a photo shoot oh, wow. that was last week. So that, oh. that was good. That was my first time and um, it went, it went well, I think. But since then I've been, um, I've been like still training and, and focused on the nutrition, but not to the extent I was. And I talked to Luke about that. And so I'm not like weighing every morsel I'm eating. I'm taking it. Like a little bit of a break from not from eating well, but just from like the strict, you know, like where you measure everything and all that. So just to take like a little bit of a break before I kind of regroup and maybe get ready for one in the spring. So um, that's kind of where I am with that. But I'm trying to just keep up my training and nutrition but not at
0: the level i was
4: you know when i was training for the comp
0: so i don't yeah. know
4: if you think that's a good or bad idea uh, i think it's a great idea
0: i just remade your um password it's just your um the site's going to send you something in a second so just fyi um thank I you that right then Um, No, I think that's a great idea. And one of the things I would say is like, you really got to look at, um, you are a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build to nourish your body. In that place, what decisions do you make? And it's not going to be a decision of like, you're just going to start shoveling crap into your face because, and look, a lot of competitors do that. They get caught up in this idea that, um, oh, I don't have to compete anymore. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to start eating ice cream. It's like, well, you didn't eat ice cream every day before you tried to compete. Why would you do that now? That's just silly. So. You know, you, you, you keep your diet hunted, fish gathered and plucked. If you want to weigh things or don't want to weigh things, that's, you know, completely up to you. Um, but, you know, I think that's a great approach. You want to loosen loosen the belt a little bit psychologically, but keeping that framework of I'm a healthy person, uh, eats healthy foods that build and nourish my body. Okay, from that perspective, what do I eat? Um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm quite liberal with how much fats that I have. And it's never a problem in terms of like, you know, I don't get super fat or anything like this. Um, so I'm able to do that, and um, you know, don't you know, I know? I, I like to weigh my meat. I like to be consistent with my meat, but everything else in my diet, I'm, I'm quite liberal. So I think, um, yeah, you you find it's kind of like you're going to get a few things wrong, and that's also okay, um, because you're going to figure out like what kind of routine and, and foods that you want to include versus you don't want to include, and what foods fit with your body. Like for me, um, the only dairy I really include is butter. Um, I don't include any anything else, um, and if I do, it's like really quite um, seldom. You know, and then, then if I include it too much, mm-hmm. I find that it, it, it doesn't really sit well, that well in my gut. And also sourcing really high quality dairy sometimes can be um, like milk and stuff. You know, you got to get delivered on that kind of stuff. It's not something that I, it's not a regular part of my plan. Um, now, you might say, oh, I want to want to keep it a regular and, you know, it fits, fits fine with me. Well, you know, it's going to take some figuring out. But let's say, for example, gluten. Gluten, you know, you, the minute you eat it, you know, you kind of break out in skin irritation and. Rashes or or you feel bloated or, or really like like you know mental fog, um, and you're going to have those foods where there's it, going to be that working out period. But often like people, um, they just want to go back to what like kind of they were doing or what everyone else was doing. And um, yeah, th- this period is great because it's almost like a comp prep diet is an elimination diet. So so for a lot of people like you know there's been foods in their diet that they should have eliminated a long time ago, but they weren't aware and um, Then everyone what happens often is people bring everything back in but really it's like that just that one food or one food group that they, they shouldn't ever bring in because not from a perspective of body composition but from a perspective of inflammation and health and like for example that for a lot of people would be gluten you know keeping gluten out of their diet they'll be healthier they won't get inflamed um but when people bring the food back in like it's it's kind of this thing of super restriction so yeah just do it slowly and understand there's there's going to be a bit of time of figuring it out i know for me there's some foods that um like i just don't eat because i just don't feel good eating those foods and if i eat them i know about it the next day or or, you know the next hour because my digestion gets thrown off for for a fair while so Hmm. um questions okay yeah that makes sense thanks that's great yeah Um, like for me, another thing, like in terms of desserts and stuff, like there are a lot of like vegan desserts and stuff that are really quite nice. And like, I can, I can eat as many of them as I want, but I just get fat. Um, so like, also there's like things like that, like you got like portion (laughs) control is important as well. It's not just, um, you know, like cut out gluten and dairy and you'll be fine. Like you still got to be aware of these things, but yeah, you can still certainly enjoy a lot of things without having to cut everything out uh, altogether.
4: Yeah, it's been a nice, like, little break, sort of, just to kind of eat, um, like, just eat without being super strict and weighing everything and, you know, yeah. but still being healthy and doing the, all the, like, what Luke kind of had in my comp prep plan, like, all the different types of things I was eating, um, still keep doing yeah. that, but not at the level I was, but,
0: Yeah. yeah. And, so, and yeah, the, thank the, you. the only other it's... thing I would say and suggest is make sure you don't bring your calories too low in this period. Um, that can also be super negative because a lot, a lot of people do is they like they try not to eat too much, or instead of having like you know in comp they're having five meals, and then when they get off comp they have three meals. But then, like actually, by having three meals, they bring their calories really low, lower than they were in comp. And then they want to like get lean again. And then it's much harder because um, like the calories are now like, instead of it being like 1,600, they're now like 1,400. And then they want to diet again. So then they have to go backwards. So it's like, well, we actually need to get your calories up again to then diet you down. Um, So yeah, that's the other thing is just make sure you're at least hitting um, a baseline, if not a surplus um, at this period. So that when you, you do want to compete, you're actually at a higher level. And this one thing with like Reese and I always talk about like, it's so much easier to get someone lean who's on like high calories than bring someone's calories up and then get them lean. So like it's easy to get someone like like you know if you're on five thousand calories a day, let's say for example, like if we change that to let's say four thousand seven hundred, um, you're gonna you're gonna probably lose weight from that, and um, you know you're not really gonna feel like you're dieting. And if we just make those small changes, it's not gonna feel like a diet at all because it's still so much food. Um, and you make those gradual changes whereas someone's on like nine hundred calories. The first thing you do is got to actually bring up their calories to then diet them. And we want that number to be as high as possible before we actually start an aggressive diet uh, or I shouldn't even say aggressive, start a, a diet process. And it's always like the trick with dieting is like if you always want more food, like it's, it's eat people into a show, not um, diet them down. So you should be eating up as you get leaner. Um, and then from that high point, then you, you pyramid off. We kind of like, there's a couple of presentations on this and, we refer to the calorie mountain, which is kind of a concept that I came up with a, a long time ago, which is like you have baseline and then you bring people up and then once you get to that peak of that that calories where they don't put on weight or that you actually want to see a little bit of body fat go up. So let's say, for example, Carol, like right now you're let's say 12%, right? And you eat, eat, eat and your body fat goes up to like, you know, we keep increasing every week and then your body fat goes up to like, you know, Thirteen percent, or like say thirteen point five, no big deal. Like, but it stays there consistently. Where you've increased your calories mm-hmm. by, let's say, a thousand, that's an awesome place because that means like that's that like you're not going to get any fatter, but your calories have increased by, let's say, a thousand. Um, that's like the peak of the mountain. Then you can start to drop down the mountain. But you don't go like you don't when you scale down a mountain, you don't like go like uh, bob sliding down it. You slowly progress it, so you don't go from like <laughs> you know two thousand yeah. to then a thousand. You go like two thousand, one thousand eight hundred, one thousand six hundred, one thousand you know uh, four hundred, and then you'll find like those little jumps. Like at one thousand eight hundred, you'll actually be able to lose weight at one thousand eight hundred for like two weeks, three weeks. Um, but people people make like they always want like rapid change. They make rapid changes, um, but that's not. That's not sustainable. It's not, and You're also going to look worse and it's going to feel hard. So that's one thing that's key to keep in mind is you bring yourself up the mountain and then you slowly diet people down so there's more food. They don't feel tired. Um, they have better energy. There's no like uh, withdrawal or like backlash in terms of like putting on a bunch of weight really fast because you've increased someone's calories really fast either. So um, kind of as conceptually, that's how you want to think about it.
4: Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. Great, thanks.
0: Cool, cool, awesome. Alrighty, let's move. And I, I'm sorry if I butcher your name, but uh, Shade, Shade, uh, I'm just gonna omit that uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Please correct me and uh, give me the uh, correct pronunciation. If we just get you on the line. How are you doing today?
3: Yeah, good, thank you. Um, yeah, you pronounce it correctly. It's Shade. So, okay, um, so- good.
5: <laughs> Um,
3: I have been uh, pretty good this week. Last week was a bit of an adjustment for me. Um, I have uh, issues with eating, so a few eating disorders and body dysmorphia. So, last week it was just trying to get myself into a routine um, and work out how to deal with those kinds of issues and getting used to working from home and stuff. So, um, it's much better this week. I've got a routine in place. Um, Lewis, who's my trainer, sent me um, a really good plan to do from home and helped me make sure I tend to exercise a lot as well. So he kind of made sure I wasn't implementing too much of that in there as well. So that was good.
1: Mm.
0: So um, did you see the new podcast that we did just recently on um, self-sabotage with hypnotherapists, uh, what's her name, Forrest?
3: No, I haven't actually.
0: I'll chuck it in the, uh, the group chat. It's just here. There it is. I just whacked it in. You can get access to that group chat on this. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I can.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can go on YouTube. Uh, it's also on iTunes as well. I'll send you this link too. Um, but yeah, definitely kind of the first thing, like we'll talk more, but um, the, the first thing I would say is, like in terms of just like quick reference is, yeah, we did a whole episode pretty much about like this kind of stuff and this topic um so yeah definitely definitely check that out have a listen it's a really good show that I did with her um right now like one of the things i would say is um if you had if you have had issues with that in the past um you know it definitely is a, is a matter of um replacing that uh re- replacing that old identity and realizing that's who you were it's not who you are um and who you are can change and it can change just like that so a good example of this is like um, Smokers, right? So when, when someone decides not to smoke anymore, they become a, mo- a non-smoker just like that, right? But the buildup to become a non-smoker usually takes a couple of years or more importantly, it, it usually requires a significant event. Now, that significant event can come in the form of, like, you know, their best friend dying or, you know, they go to a a lab and they see these, like, horrific, you know, images or they see, you know, the scientists pull out someone's lungs and they pull out the tar and the ooze and they say, you know, by smoking three cigarettes a day or a cigarette a day, this is what you're doing to their lungs. And they have a a shock and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. It makes it real for them. So realizing that uh, that's who you were, that's not who you are and that you've changed, and taking on a new identity. But that's not in itself enough. If you just say, oh yeah, I've changed, it doesn't really allow the conscious mind any uh, groundwork or frames to actually kind of insulate you from making that change positive, because you can say, well, uh, that's who I was, but now, like, instead of being an overeater, I smoke, right? Which, what you've done, basically, is change one uh, uh, negative habit for another negative habit, which a lot of people do, so instead, you need to take conscious control of that framework and, and and look at, all right, well, who I was was this person and it's okay. Like I was that person too, right? Um, but now this is who who I want to be and this is what I'm going to work every day and this is where I'm going to make changes from. It's, it's this place is my identity. So for, for an example, like, you know, write down on a piece of paper in full sensory detail, like who is Sade? Who, 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 are, who are you? Like um, what are your yeah. beliefs around food? Consciously create them. Put them up you know, on your bedroom mirror. And and all this might sound like hokey pokey kind of like self development stuff, which it absolutely is, but it also absolutely works. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate for things that work and I can say through personal experience, it works. And then that also helps you sort your mind for the information. So like example, like, if you if you say if your your modi operandi is I am a healthy person who eats healthy foods what you gonna when you go shopping in the supermarket and you have that like let's say in your wallet let's say for example or like, you know something uh, on you that reminds you of that um, when you go shopping it's like well am I gonna buy ice cream well no I don't I'm, I'm not having any friends over like I don't really need to buy ice cream I'm a healthy person yeah the healthiest version of me just wouldn't buy ice cream just to watch Netflix by myself like it's not really something that I would do okay, yeah, well, that's what I would do. And it kind of is this little step of like act as if, act as if you are that person because then you will become that person um, and then it won't be acting. Um, a, a saying that I've adapted to myself that I would highly recommend for you to adapt to yourself as well is, I acted like Mark Ottobre for so long that I became Mark Tobri. So then the question is, well, who is Mark Ottobre? Well, is whoever I want him to be, really. Um, you, you, you can consciously create, these things but it does take focus and it does take um changing your environment and getting rid of things in your environment that no longer serve that identity um again for example like people have their fat genes well why do you need fat genes for i, I don't you just have normal genes like are you are you do you have your fat genes in your, your cupboard because you might get fat again like that's that's the remembrance of the old you um, the old you trying to say, well, it's okay, I'm, I'm going to go back there. But the new you is just accepting of, um, well, this is who I am. Um, I, I, I'm this way and I'm going to eat this way to support my lifestyle and I'm going to get rid of things that ultimately don't support that um, and only have things in my that, that do. So like the fat genes person, they're going to have foods that obviously are the wrong choices. The person who's, who's you know, becoming the person they want to be is going to have foods in their house that support the person that they want to become. So it, it's kind of like, Reverse engineering in, in a lot of ways. Uh, the the other big thing is like really you know plan out your meal times. Um, you know if if you're getting hungry between meal times, speak to Lewis and and keep active because you know uh, pe- people eat I think mainly for like four four big reasons, which is what boredom, loneliness, anger, boredom, loneliness, anger, uh, and frustration. I think I've said that right. Let me just make sure. Um, but yeah, if we look at that, like they're, they're the four big reasons why, why people uh, eat often. So, you know, a a lot of the time it's about controlling, um, you know, stressful situations or or getting control of stress and also understanding that if you are stressed or, or finding yourself bored uh, or whatever it is, trying to, um, compensate for an event, a lot of the time it's getting that piece of food and like, kind of like trying to rub it on your head. And I, I mean, I mean that in both a psychological sense and, a um, physiological sense because in a physiological sense what we're doing is we're trying to dampen the dopamine and bring up serotonin and and what are the foods that do that well you know hint it's not steak uh it's not broccoli it's um you know everything that contains sugar that's where you're going to get that hit of serotonin which is going to relax you and make you feel kind of de-stressed this is exactly the reason why you know people people drink Um, it's to basically get that psychological uh, physiological hit which then translates to a psychological hit. What we do consciously, and, and the other thing is, you always need to keep in mind that you're always going to fall to your level of training. And and what I mean by that, like if you're in the army, uh, they train they train you like and they train you on stressful situations, so that like if you're ever exposed to such a you know, stressful situation, you you don't um, you don't falter. It's it's just normal because they're training you like that. And it's the same thing like if you're um how do I say like if you get stressed you need to have your plan, but you don't create your plan when you're stressed because if you do that when you're stressed, you're just going gonna to fall to your level of training, which is no training. Uh, you want to create that plan when you're in an environment where you're, you're thinking clearly, okay, I'm going to be stressed at some point. How do I deal with this consciously? All right, this is what I'm going to do. And if I still feel like eating that tub of ice cream, okay, I get to eat the tub of ice cream, but I have to go through steps one to seven. And if steps one to seven don't solve my problem, these are my defaults. If they don't solve my problem, then I can resolve to eating an ice cream. And look, sometimes you might eat the ice cream, but at least you've got those steps in place, which um, don't, uh, I suppose, falter. So the four things, I just reviewed it, the four things, the reasons why people, you know, basically, this is goes for eating or, or really making bad choices in life in general, is uh, hungry, tired, angry, and lonely. So, you know, l- look at those four four things. Like if it is hunger, um, you know, have have a boiled egg, have another piece of chicken, whatever it is, like if it is actual hunger, hunger won't go away. If you go for a walk, you're still going to be hungry. If you have a proper meal, it's going to be satiated. If you're tired, be really, uh, and I spoke about this on last week's call, is tired is going to affect um, your willpower. So everyone thinks that willpower is this infinity source that we all have. It's not. It's, it's really not. And when you, when you really realize that, you realize that you want to front stack your day and get to bed early because you want to replenish your willpower. So you have the maximal amount of spending points per day and you're not making decisions when you're tired and you're relying on willpower to stick to a, to a plan because it's not going to work, right? So um, this is where like if you're tired, if you pre-plan your meals and it's like Lewis is like, all right, this is what you're going to eat, then you can stick to that. You don't have to make another decision to that. But if you're tired and you're asked to make a decision where well, you're like, yeah, I'll just get Uber Eats. What will I get on Uber Eats? Yeah, this looks good. Let's just get that. All right, you know. Five minutes or ten minutes later, it gets delivered. There's gluten, there's dairy, there's you know all this other crap in it, and you kind of like you feel really bad. And there's you know a little bit of snacks left in the fridge, so you have that as well. Because what's the point? You're already off, and all of a sudden this this kind of decision that was made out of being tired uh, spirals. So really being conscious of like, well, I really am tired. Maybe I should go to bed, or I am tired. Maybe I should shouldn't call that person, and you know. Because I'll probably say something dumb or whatever it is. So, so having an inventory of that and um, yeah, angry. Obviously, like understanding if you're angry. Um, you know, they say the depression is anger turned inwards, and anger is obviously just turned outwards. Um, but yeah, noting what 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 are you angry about, and you know, having someone to talk to um, and writing it on a piece of paper and and really like understanding where that anger comes from and, and doing personal development, and then obviously lonely. Um, yeah, you know, that's a big one. And one thing in this time, a period of lockdown that I've said to a lot of people, there's a big difference between being lonely and spending time alone. They're not the same thing. I spend a lot of time alone, but I'm not lonely. Um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with spending time alone, because spending time alone actually gets you clear on who you are. So yeah, that's also something else uh to keep in mind um with with this as well. Uh questions or thoughts?
3: Uh, no, I do agree with a lot of that. Um I mean the thing I stress a lot when I don't have a plan in place like I'm one of those people I, I need to know what's going on and what's happening and um having a plan in place this week's really helped me so I've done kind of what you've um mentioned you know I have mapped out what time I go for walks what time I go have, like eat my meals and things like that um because for me that just helps me a lot more um and trying to also pinpoint you know what's causing the stresses and why am I feeling that way because it's taken me a while to realise, you know, that it is actually just me not being able to control my situations around me and that actually causes a lot of my eating disorder issues and body dysmorphia issues. So trying to kind of rein that in while things are so uncertain, it's definitely a learning curve. So, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, look, eating is the one thing that everyone has 100% control over. Um, you know, yeah. you get to decide, but you also get to decide not to, which is also a form of control. Um, because yeah. if, you, if you put discipline over that, then you actually have more control. It's Because, like, I mean, what is, the, what is the definition of discipline? It's giving yourself a command and following through. Um, that, that's, that's the definition. So, um, and this is why I always say with people, don't, don't ever give yourself a command that you don't follow through with, because because ultimately, if you do that enough times, your word won't mean anything to you. Like you're going to tell yourself to do something, and you're going to yeah. be like, "Oh well, I don't have to do that." Well, then then your your discipline muscle is is weak, um, and you want to avoid it being weak. So I would say as well, like in terms of uh, advising, um, just ensure like everything that you you tell yourself to do, um, like don't don't over Don't over-suggest things to yourself. Don't over-prescribe that you have to you know, not eat anything bad at all. Or like if you're going to eat the ice cream, like, yeah, if I do X, Y, and Z, I can eat the ice cream. Um, Would be better than I'm not going to eat any ice cream because if you're going to eat ice cream, then you're going to feel bad about eating the ice cream because you told yourself not to do something and not did it. Um, And you want to get back that discipline muscle as as much as possible. So, yeah, I I think really like depending on where you're at, small incremental changes small rules that you can stick to yourself and those small rules might be just like you can eat whatever you want today so long as you eat them at this time or you can do whatever you want today so long as you do you know your exercise and you know usually what ends up happening by these small little adjustments and changes is like let's say the exercise one if you exercise first thing in the morning it's like well i don't really feel like eating any of those foods so you, you don't but it wasn't the thing of like you forced yourself not to eat those foods you just you you decided yeah. that you want not eat those foods from doing positive actions that built momentum forward in your plan. So I would encourage, you know, um, as I said, front stack your day. So what that would look like is, you know, get your exercise done earlier in the day, you know, like before 11 kind of thing if it's possible. Um, that way, you know, you're you already like, yeah, I've, I've done something for me. This feels really good. Um, and like get those hard decisions out, like if working out or building up the motivation to work out is, is, is a challenge, like get it done as soon as you can. Like when you wake up within an hour, because once it's done, you, you will be on that high for the rest of the day and you have paid yourself first energetically, which then translates to making more good decisions at the end of the day. One of the other rules that, that I also like to say for people or principals is if you are going to eat bad, that's fine, but you have to do it in your last meal. Um, and, and the reason for that, uh, this, this one one really actually quite changed my life in, in a lot of ways. And it's so simple, right? So it's like, all right, I, I want to eat pizza. Okay, well, if I want to eat pizza, um, I have to eat all the food that I would normally eat in a day. And at the last meal, I can eat pizza if I still feel like it. So like I'd eat all my food or whatever it was, like let's say ice cream. Um, I'd eat my ice cream. Okay, great. And, and the thing is I eat it and then I'd go to bed. And then tomorrow's a new day. But if you did it at the start of the day, let's say, you know, I want to eat pizza. You have it for lunch. Well, then you're still hungry, you're not hungry for dinner, and then you end up, you know, getting Uber Eats and, and binging on whatever you know, is left in your fridge, which is a very negative eating habit. Um, so, so, yeah, end of the day, also very good to do. Um, and the other thing, implement a one sitting rule. So the one sitting rule is basically after you've had it, you know, you basically eat a proper meal first. So let's say you have, you know, your chicken and vegetables. Um you know, and then you say, okay, well, I want to have cookies and ice cream. All right, well, one sitting rule basically is you put you have you have to eat it in one sitting. So you put the ice cream on the table, um, the cookies. Uh, you eat eat what you want. You think you dish out like how much you think you want it is. Once your bum leaves the seat, the meal's over. So what this does is it is it um, reinforces that like you're having a meal. This was planned. And the other thing, it doesn't go right. Well, I'm just going to eat and binge and see everything that's in the in the fridge. It's I'm consciously choosing. The, the, chick, the, the, the ice cream and I'm consciously choosing the cookies and I've had it and it, I enjoyed it and there's nothing to feel guilty about. And now I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing, um, which was being fucking awesome. So uh, yeah, one sitting rule and also end of the day um, can be really little little things that actually make a real big difference in terms of just your... your and what we're doing there is we're really working on a behavioral change, um, which actually is very effective. Um, I found it very effective with a lot of people, so that's another one that you can um, implement as well.
3: Yeah, that's really helpful. I've never actually thought of it in that way, so
0: it's a really good idea
3: to kind of implement that if I feel that way.
0: Yeah. It's really good. Awesome. Awesome. Reach out if you need anything else, yeah?
3: Yeah, thank you.
0: Cool, cool. Alrighty, let's, uh, let's move on to Christina. How are you, Christina? Hello. Hello.
5: I'm not sure if my mic is working at the moment. It
0: is. It is working. It is. It is. Quite okay. Cool. Hello. Actually.
5: That's good. How are you? How have you been?
0: Uh, I've been well. I've been I've been well. I've been working on this Abs book, which will yeah. probably be released as an ebook, and then I'll release it as uh, I'll, I'll get some feedback from the clients. Potentially, we'll uh, we'll get it printed out and give it out to to folks and. Um, Get feedback on it and then, um, yeah, potentially write write more, write all the things that I missed and, and maybe one day get it published. Uh, I know the average book is seventy thousand words. I'm at about fifteen thousand words now, so there's a bit a bit of work to do, a lot of a lot more to add to it. So I don't think I'll get seventy thousand out. Uh, I think I'll you know probably get to about twenty thousand, maybe twenty five, and then yeah, I think probably twenty twenty five thousand and then we'll we'll edit it up. And um, get it out as an ebook and, and printed, and get more feedback of all the things that we missed. And yeah, it'll be cool. That's what I've been doing. Uh, yourself,
5: pretty well as well. Um, yeah, I was just going to say before, I'm actually really excited for the ebook to come out and also to read it. So yeah. yeah,
0: awesome, awesome.
5: Um, me, I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to find ways to keep myself occupied. So. Um, I've been getting into a loose routine every day, obviously trying to eat healthy and things like that, Um, also trying to make the most of this unique time I guess, obviously it's not the best time on a global scale, but um, trying to learn how to spend quality time with myself alone, so whether that be learning something new or getting myself to read a bit more and then doing stuff each day, so doing home workouts and... Things like using a stand-up desk, also listening to some of your podcasts on YouTube. So now every day um, when I wake up, I make breakfast while listening to your podcast. So that's, yep. Um,
0: Awesome.
5: Also one thing is um, I'm trying to work on improving my relationship with food because now that I have so much time with myself at home, I've done a bit of... Uh, quite a lot, actually, of self-reflection on my past self, especially like my past eating habits and my past relationship with food, things like that. So, yeah.
0: So, one, one thing that I heard you say about seven times in all of those sentences was the word try. So, the fir- the first piece um. of advice that I would give to you is eliminate that word Try. Um, completely don't, when you, when you're doing all these things, you don't try and do them, trying to do them. Like if I said to you, can you try and hang up on me right now? You wouldn't actually hang up on me. You would try and hang up on me. You would think about hanging up on me, but you don't, you you couldn't actually hang up on me. Right. Um, if you, if you say try, it's like, I said, I try and stand up. I'm going to try and stand up. Like it's not, it's 50% of the way there. It's stand up. Okay. Now like, you know, it's it's going be it's gonna be more direct in the way you command yourself and when you look at these things um, so you're not you're not trying to eat better you're eating better okay I'm going to eat better what does eating better look like because then you bring it out of the the thought process because trying is, is part of a thought process it's the first initial phase you need to go from just thinking about these things to actually implementing these things Um <clears throat> And that jump is obviously the way you relate to it as well. If you relate to it as trying, so you're going to give it a go, see how it goes, but not really commit to it. Um, the word decision means to, to, to cut off, wrong, to kill. So when you decide something, you've killed all other options surrounding, um, surrounding that, right? So you, you're deciding, you're not trying. It's completely different. It's a completely different way of taking something on. So, um, yeah, eat better. Okay, you're eating better now. What does eating better look like? What were you doing? Um, it's a lot more matter of fact. You were doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, X, Y, and Z wasn't working. Eating better, what does that look like? It looks like this. Okay, now to make this real, what do I need to do? I need to set meal times. I need to stick to them. I forget my meal times. Okay, well, what I'm going to do to compensate for that is I'm going to set alarms on my phone. I only get alarms on my phone. Or I'm going to make the meals before I go to bed. Um, I'm going to work on relationship with food okay well why is my relationship with food not where i want it to be what do i need to work on um because again if it's if, if it's try it's still in thought process it's not in implementation process and we want to bring it out of that thought process into implementation so everything that you've said so far like that's the first thing that i would say um that stood out to me um questions
5: that makes sense it's something that i haven't thought about before but
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose in, in terms of other things that you're 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 struggling with at the moment, what are other things that you're struggling with, like specifics?
5: In terms of um, nutrition.
0: Yeah. Well, you said you said you've been, you know, your your um, relationship with food. I think you said hasn't been great.
5: Yeah. Um, when I say eat better, I I kind of mean intuitive eating. Because um, in the past, I've gone through a lot of like. I think it's what you call conscious cognitive dietary restraint where I felt like I was you know constantly making effort to limit what I ate and also demonizing so you know labeling food as either good or bad and making things really black and white like this is I can either have it or I can't like it's either good or bad and um, yeah like in the past I would be really conscious of just everything that I put into my mouth, like counting calories in my head. Like even when I was out with friends enjoying a meal, I would, I guess, subconsciously be like, like, um, focus. You're yeah, like, I was focusing a bit too much on the vanity, So wanting to look good physically and, um, what's
0: looking your, back. What's your why? why? Why focus on the calorie counting? What, what is it for you?
5: Um, wanting to look good i guess was a really big one but that was all in the past um yeah it was part of the whole self reflection that i've been doing and, and you don't you don't want to look good um, anymore oh no um as in the whole the whole mentality i guess the, the whole dieting mentality that wasn't really wasn't healthy so yeah because there's actually like there's so much more to life than just food and eating well and looking good and having a good body in order to fit in or be accepted or whatever the pressure is that society puts on us, especially females. Um, Yeah, like initially I wasn't willing to admit it, like even to myself, that um, I guess I was going through all of this mentally, psychologically, but I've come to realise that it's Actually something that a lot of women go through and it's pretty normal. So
0: yeah I'd say like, a lot of people obviously. go through. One, one thing that you gotta keep in mind is that um boys are marketed G.I. Joe dolls that are all ripped. Like I don't know if you've seen the Luke Skywalker doll, but Luke Skywalker has abs in Star Wars. Luke Skywalker doesn't have abs. <laughs> Mark Hamill's uh, <laughs> quite overweight actually, uh and skinny, but his toy, the toy of, of, of Luke Skywalker is jacked you know, every, every toy is Jack. So I say like for people in general, hundred uh, percent and look in social media, um, people constantly, which is, you know, millennials, I think, um, they're, they're really, you know, I would say more than males and females is, uh, well, mill- millennials, I think are going to cop it probably the worst. And that's because of social media, because people are putting up their highlight reel, uh, to, and comparing their other people's highlights reel to their backstage. And, you know, have all these influencers who get the right light, the right filter, the right Photoshop, um, and really putting up these images that are, um, not gonna say unachievable, but are snapshots in that person's life of, I looked this way once. And, and for the most part, a lot of them didn't even really look that way. They just got the right lighting um, and, and, and saw it. And when you consider there's like, so many millions of people on social media are able to put up these images, it really leaves you feeling dissatisfied at your own. So one of the things I always recommend with this is that get, get rid of the comparisons uh, completely. So again, I'm going to refer back to at the start yeah. of the call, um, Weston A. Price. Weston A. Price was a dentist slash researcher in the 1920s, 1930s. Now, he studied uh, multiple uh, native cultures and looked at how they lived and wanted the diet that was, was basically the healthiest and, and longevity. Now, when you approach it like that, it it, it goes to approach it without a vanity, right? It's, It's the framework of searching for a diet that is healthy. So the way I like to frame it, and I'd frame this to you and everyone else on the call, is, again, you are a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build and nourish your body. What does that person eat? Because healthy people look good, but there are a lot of people who look good that aren't healthy. So if you go on Instagram, you'll see shitloads, millions of people who look amazing, but they're not healthy. They're not happy. They don't have mental health. They don't. They 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 they're missing out on so much. Um. So you know, you don't want to be that person because you don't want to be the person who looks good and who's still insecure. Um. I've been that person. I've been the person up on a bodybuilding stage looking great. You know, ripped and you know more insecure than, than everyone else. Like my, my most insecure I've ever been because I've been obsessing about my body. Right. Um. And as you said, that that is absolutely no, no way to live. No way to live for anyone. Um. So the, the, I suppose the question and parameters is, is how do you how do you do that? And I think really it's coming from like your body is a vessel, and I mean this is quite philosophical of me, but um, your body is a vessel, right? And inside your vessel contains your spiritual essence. So as the Egyptians would say, uh, we, we're, we're basically um, we're having a, we're physical, basically everyone is having a spiritual experience in a physical body we're not having a physical experience as spiritual essence, for example. So that means that our bodies contain our spiritual essence, which to me, wisdom would be um, ensuring that our vessel remains as healthy and I suppose as pure, uh, if, you, if you want to use that as a word, um, to be as connected to our spiritual purpose as possible. So in other words, the, the vessel really is only to live the life uh, that we want. Now, when we look at our lives, our lives are going to be predominantly De- determined upon our values. So, what do we what do we value in life? Because that's what we, we're going to go out and seek. So, if we value, like, and there are lots of people who value um, connection, right, or they value physical performance, or they value uh, looking a certain way. Now, I'm not going to, um, like, the, like values are basically flavors of ice cream, right? Um, you know, you can say strawberries the best. I can say vanilla is the best. Someone else can say chocolates, uh, uh, whatever, chocolates the best, right? Or choc chip. Um, and, and people go to war, right? No one's right, but people ultimately go to war for their values and, and points of perspective of, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. Chocolate is the best, not vanilla. But re- really, like, you know, whether your thing in life is, you know, building the, the most magnificent car or, or medicine or whatever it is, it, it's, it's it's always going to be like one of those things. And then your body and your training is going to be about supporting that. So for me, you know, training and, and uh, being healthy and sharing, more importantly, teaching, that's a big part. So in my training, in my nutrition, if I'm doing things that take away from my spiritual experience of being able to do those things, to me, fundamentally, they, they don't fit in. But at the same time, like for what I'm teaching, I need to experience that. So I put myself through, you know, dieting, training hard, all that kind of stuff, because I actually need to experience those things. And I'll push myself harder because I want to experience those things to so then be able to share those things. So you got to look at what is your... Like, what is the value? Like, what are the, the main things in your life that are reoccurring? And if your food and nutrition and your training, they should be around supporting that, not taking away from that, because if it takes away from that, then you're missing the focus. And again, for, for a lot of us on the call, training, nutrition is going to be part of that. It's going to be a big part of that. So you want to honor that. You want to do that to the best. And you probably are going to be, quote, unquote, more obsessive than someone else, because that is actually in your top three, top five values in life. Um with this said, if you also look at the definition of like obsessive, obsessive or like uh addict addict, if you will, is, is sometimes just a matter of doing it outside of someone else's values. So let's say for example, right, I don't drink at all, like I might have one, one drink like, you know, once a month, if that, right? Um, you know, I remember thinking like if someone drinks every night, like even one glass, like, wow, they're an alcoholic. Whereas people are like, well, you're not an alcoholic if you just have a glass of wine every night. Like I know plenty of people have a glass of wine every night and they're not an alcoholic. But, you know, back in the day, like that was my, wow, that's so much alcohol. Like, because it was just so... So foreign to me. So, like, oh, they must be an alcoholic. But, you know, really, like, someone else who is an alcoholic, or like, depending on where they're at, it they could be drinking a bottle of wine every night. And someone else is like, oh, that's nothing. I drink three bottles of wine every night, or four bottles of wine. Every- that's alcoholism. So, um, you know, if someone's only drinking a bottle, they're like, oh, you're- that's nothing. I drink four bottles. Um, so sometimes, like, our frames of references need to be matched. So I know there's a bunch of people out there who think, like, I'm obsessive, or they saw my, um, Instagram that I did for enterprise the other day and like I showed my, my supplements that I had and people are like wow you take so many supplements I'm like really do I I don't I don't really think I do um, I just take you know a little bit of vitamin C this 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 like yeah so many supplements wow like you're you're, like, you're really obsessive about your health I'm like no it doesn't feel like obsession it's just something that that I optimize um, because it's it's still within my values if that makes sense so it's not I'm not trying to achieve anything Um I don't know if, if that kind of speaks to, to what you're um you're going through, but I feel like that's that's some of it the piece at least. Thoughts?
5: Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot about the mental aspect as well. So focusing on changing the changing your mindset as well.
0: Yeah. Questions on any of that?
5: Um yeah, I also know that because during, especially during training periods, so doing a lot of anaerobic resistance training, weightlifting, it's also quite important to follow um, not a strict diet but more of a food plan. So I'm not sure how much you you think that um, eating intuitively is something that you would suggest to females.
0: Well, I don't think it's gender specific. In intuitive eating. Um, if you have a goal, intuitive eating isn't like okay. So intuitive eating suggests that. Well, what does it suggest? It suggests. Well, I mean, you can certainly intuitive eat, but like, what what are you trying to achieve? If if you if you have, it suggests that you should know what to eat. Um, and I think a lot of the time, like, we need to challenge that on a fundamental level because, do we actually know what to eat? And the more I learn, the more I realize like, well, actually, no, it, it's better that I have a plan, um, especially if I'm like looking towards like, okay, for example, if I intuitively eat, I will put on weight, not because I eat too much, but because I don't eat. So my calories will be bumped down. Um, my recovery won't be as ideal and um, I'll get fed up and I won't feel as great. And that's me intuitively eating. Or like I'm intuitively eating. I'm gonna eat a bag of nuts. Why? Oh, my body. So like in, intuitively eating is a real like it's it's a real kind of slippery slope of uh like where where does intuitive eating like what what is the application? Where does it begin? Where does it stop? Um I, I don't I don't think it's a good approach if you're looking for a clear outcome. And let's face it, most of us on the line are looking for a clear outcome. We wanna get leaner, we wanna get healthier. So there almost needs to be a stage of, because like our brains also in in, in many ways, they're not set up for like this environment. And and what I mean by that is like intuitive eating can be like, oh wow, this sugar really feels really good. This is my body telling me I need sugar. Well, you're probably not. Um, Like what does intuitive eating look like? I mean, are are you waking up and go, wow, I really crave steak today. Um, well, I, I knew I needed tyrosine. Um, look, oh gee, you know, I really need some oysters because I, I've been really craving some zinc. Like, I don't, I don't think our brains uh, are hardwired to know when we're nutritionally deficient, um, or even be aware of what nutrition, what what um, nutrients are in the foods that we need to eat. There, there is, with that said, there is like if you get a healthy food, like let's say for example cabbage, right? I've had this before with purple cabbage, right? where it's just like oh my god purple cabbage is amazing um and just i just want to eat purple cabbage Uh, what what is that craving out of well usually it is like increasing dopamine in the brains because there is a nutrient in that food that your body does want more of um but the thing is if you follow the process you can like once you've done that it's not a case of that like and the dopamine response from that food should be uh, dulled down over time um and and not not as as high so yeah I, i i think i think I think it's a slippery slope. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it um, because you do have goals and it, it's built on the premise that you know what you're supposed to be eating. But if that was true and everyone knew how to intuitively eat, then everyone would be eating exactly what they're supposed to be eating. But again, it's not. It's not. Like, I, I don't think anyone is advanced. And I mean, look, I've been doing this for, for over a decade. Um, I don't, like, if i intuitively to eat, I know that I'm going to under eat because eating is a pain in the ass and I've got other things to do. But if I want to maintain a body weight of where I want to maintain or hit my physique goals and train hard, then actually it's a case of me getting more food in. Every time, like I get Reese to actually do my nutrition. Every time he calculates it, he's like more food. I'm like, yeah, but this has to be a surplus because it's your baseline. I'm like, oh, fuck. Really? He's Like, yes, this is your baseline. Eat. Okay. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, if I, if I program my own training, right, you go, oh, I can intuitively train. Well, yeah, sometimes, and and the problem with intuitive training, which is probably a fair analogy to intuitive eating, is with intuitive training. I know for me at least, if I feel really good, I'll overtrain. If I feel not so good, I'll undertrain. It's not consistent, and relying on like intuition um, for things that are actually quite mechanical, uh, it, it, and especially in the environment that we live in, yeah. And if we, we're really serious about achieve, achieving our goals, I, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's smart, and. Yeah, on the topic of demonizing foods, I think there are some foods that we do need to demonize. To be perfectly frank, like vegetable oils. Vegetable oils don't belong in anyone's diet. Trans fatty acids—they've they, been—they're they're known carcinogenic. They're known to cause heart disease. We can confidently demonize trans fatty acids and vegetable oils. Uh, canola oil definitely demonize. Genetically modified food definitely. I'm going to demonize that. Um, you know, overly processed chocolate milk, which is basically the. Uh, the, uh, how do I say the, um, remains of the blood and pus that are in milk because it's easy to color. Well, why not demonize that? That's absolute crap. So it's kind of like, well, when we talk about intuitive eating, um, like, yeah, it's such a, it's such a hard one to, uh, put, put a pulse on because, um, your, your version of intuition, like, how do you know you're not lying to yourself? That's, I think the question that ultimately all of us are going to be plagued with if we go over that and. Um, yeah,
5: I think the way you're, you're talking about um, intuitive eating as you're kind of describing it as eating, like eating whatever the hell you want. But I think my version of intuitive eating is more like um, rather than eating what I want and what I feel like, um, rather eating, eating when I'm hungry and then listening to my body and stopping when I'm full. So I'm not sure if that's, that's something that's better, I
0: guess um well okay like so you're just eating eating the again i think you're still you're still in the bucket of um the only problem i have with that right is this if you change your diet to things that are hunted fish gathered and plucked and you pull out let's say you're adjusting to someone's diet and you pull out of someone's diet a lot of the refined carbohydrates even fruits for that matter and, and carbohydrates in general right what t- tends to happen if you look at it from a blood glucose um, standpoint? And also one of the questions you need to ask is, is with that, is is your body reliable enough to give you those messages uh, to, to basically, uh, are, you, are you at a point where you can rely on those hunger signals? And, and I suppose what I mean by that is if you look at someone's blood glucose, right, someone's blood glucose should be around like 4.2, to so like 4.8, right? above that, let's say like 5.5 or something like this is like you know, pre-diabetic really, um, or like definitely 5.8 is pre-diabetic. So, If we look at that, if someone's blood glucose is off, um, if we pull out of their diet a lot of refined carbohydrates and their blood glucose is off, um, they're going to crash with their energy, right? So they're going to say they have their breakfast, and then they're going to feel really good for a while, and then they're going to crash. And they're going to get the signal from their brain that they need to eat themselves out of a hole. Now, that's not going to be a subtle signal. That's going to be, hey, you need to eat. And when they eat, what they're going to search for in their brains is high refined carbohydrates, which is then going to... Uh, bump out their blood glucose super high, which is then going to uh, cause insulin to be secreted from the pancreas to so then bring that back down, and then their energies are going to crash. So this is where it's like, well, if you're if you're eating healthily, and then and then combined with that, if we actually look at your macros and we look at like what is your baseline, this is very much like what I was saying about myself, right? If I rely on myself and go, oh, I'm just going to eat intuitively like when I'm hungry, I'll go from you know seven in the morning. I'll have breakfast at like 7.30 to like 1 o'clock without eating because work keeps coming up, right? And I have other things to do. So in saying that, like for me to actually get in enough calories to even hit baseline, I'm not going to hit it if I rely on intuitive eating because like I have other things to do. So, um, yeah, I think really like it, it does. Now, look, is there anything wrong with that? So this is the other thing we need to talk about as well. If I was just wanting to be in maintenance mode and not really like put focus on it is there anything wrong with that no because i I do believe like as a number one principle the foods that you select is gonna um certainly uh be like foundational to everything else so like it's it's what you eat not just like when you eat it right um what you eat is far more important but and 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 more foundational so but in saying that like if i'm then turning around and saying i want to optimize my body composition well then eating when i'm hungry isn't the approach that I would use. It's an approach that I would use if, like, I'm not really that focused. If that makes sense. So, c- can you use it? Like, sure, you can. But I think the probably the thing if you like document everything that you're doing. I, I would hazard a guess, and it is a guess, that there's there's probably only two sides that it's going to be on. You're probably chronically under eating, or you're eating a lot more than you thought you were. And both both of those. Uh, you're not going to hit your um, your goals and I suppose as I said like if we want optimal if we look at this in, and it, it depends what lens we look at this in right if we're looking at it from the lens of optimal body composition then really to get you to optimal body composition we want to get you to baseline we want to get your calories up as high as possible then start dieting you down um, if if we if we like one day you eat you know three thousand calories the next day you eat 1200 the next day you eat 900 the next day you eat is three thousand the next day you eat is like 2,000, and it's it's really like, um, kind of scrambled over the day. Then, uh, you know, it it really you're not going to get your goals. You you might just flounder. You know, you're going to stay in the same state. You're going to adapt. So yeah, it, it really it really depends depends on what you're trying to achieve, what your goals are. I think for most people, um, who are on this call particularly, is optimal body composition is the lens, and health is the lens we're looking at it with. Um, and if you're serious about those goals, hit those goals. Say, for example, where Carol is, she was talking before about now, she's taking the, uh, the pressure off. Um, so she might like, you know, go into intuitive eating, eat when she feels like. But again, the thing is, the only danger I see with that is that people start to under eat. And then if they want to get back in shape, then we need to bring the calories back up and all the stuff. And, you know, there are fundamentally like the fuel, fuel and food that you're eating, it's not going to um, help you get to your goals in, in the long term. If that makes sense so yeah to answer your question um eat when you want and rely on hunger i think hunger is good it's a good sign um but yeah there, there does need to be some i suppose objective science uh, behind what you're doing as well because just to say i should i should know how to do this um, I, I don't think yeah i i, I don't think we if we want to get again that optimal body composition I, I don't think humans the way we are uh, designed like we're asking our bodies to do something that fundamentally uh, is hard to do. So that does require planning. <coughs> yep,
5: make? that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, all good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, let's get to Amy. Amy, I know you've been on the line for a little while. We heard from you before. Let's, uh, let's head over to Amy. Was there anything else, Christina? Or, or uh... No, all good. Hello. Hello. How are you been?
2: Yeah, good, yeah, good. Just you know, listening in and cleaning the house while I'm doing that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well,
0: cool. How, um, how's the session well, in the park been gone?
2: Yeah, good. Well I've done um I've got one client that's doing a session in the park, um, and then I'm doing quite a few well, a couple of other clients online. So Um, I'm taking them for their sessions, but through Zoom. So that's going really well. Um, They're enjoying that. It's keeping them accountable, which is good. So yeah, all going well.
0: Mm. Um, What type of workouts? Tell us about the workouts.
2: Yeah, so I'm mainly doing body weight with my clients. Um, I have some weights available, but I've just chosen to just stay body weight just so it kind of eliminates me having to clean everything. Um, But yeah, doing... Mainly full body, it changes. Sometimes I'll do lower body. You kind of, when you do body weight training, you have more, um, you have less, I guess, access to doing upper body, um, because otherwise it's just a lot of push-ups. But, um, so a lot of lower body stuff, but um, we're gonna share some of them next week for you guys as well, so you'll be able to see some of them. Um, do you want me to give an example of a program? Sure,
3: let's yeah, give an example.
2: Okay. Um, so one that one that which I showed you yesterday, mark, that I'm doing I've done with um a couple of clients is do we did everything for time, so we did a pyramid format, so we did five different exercises, did twenty seconds for every single exercise, with no rest until the end of all of the five exercises, and then we did the same thing again, but we worked our way up in time, so we did twenty seconds for the first round, thirty seconds for the next round. 45 seconds, 60 seconds, and then we worked our way back down the pyramid. So um, it worked out to be seven rounds, um, and then we just finished off with some core work. So with the exercises that we did, we just alternated between a a lower body and upper. So it was like a step up into a push up, into um, a squat, into, we had a bar, so we did an inverted row, Um, and then at the end was a run. So, it just changed it up for them. It was a little bit different to what they're, they're used to doing, but it was uh, pretty tough. So I'm actually gonna do that one this afternoon and film it. So we'll, oh, get, a, awesome. we'll get a good insight of what it looks like.
0: That sounds like fun. And um, yeah. so your it's training? Just,
2: it's, it's actually fun. Like, my training, yeah, I've been doing similar stuff. So um, I've got a few things at home. So I've got a couple of kettlebells and um, like a box for step ups and things like that. And I've got a boxing bag. So. I'm just kind of doing what I feel like. It just, I'm not following a set program. I'm um, yeah, just doing like some days I feel like doing lower body sometimes. I feel like doing upper. Some days I feel like just boxing and skipping. It's really just dependent on what I feel like doing. And um, I'm enjoying it. Like I used to, when I first got into personal training, um, this is how I sort of fell in love with training initially was by doing outdoor training. Um, so for me, it's not, it's not uncommon, like you know, I, I'm used to used to this style of training. I just haven't done it for a long time, um, and yeah, I'm loving it. I'm having to push myself mentally in a different way, which is testing me. So I might not be able to lift anywhere near as you know heavy as what I would normally do, but um, it's testing me mentally. So I'm excited for when um, we get back in the gym because I know I'll be mentally stronger from it.
0: So testing when you say it's testing you mentally, um, like what you mean, like reps, uh, like lactic. I just said when you say it's testing you mentally, is it like with the reps?
2: Yeah, with the reps because the reps are a lot higher or like the time that I'm doing it for is longer. Like I might be doing you know squats for 60 seconds rather than doing it like for a little bit less, and, and it's a massive lactic buildup. So it's when you're in in it, it's it's hurting a lot. And if I'm just thinking I just want to stop, but you have to just fight everything in your head to be like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and because there's not, I'm not giving myself as much rest because I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff, um, again, it's, it's testing me cardio-wise as well, which I haven't had for a little while. So um, lots of, yeah, different new things that are testing me. So um, And mentally as well, I think I'm, I'm currently training on my own. So, um, again, not giving into like thinking, like I think everyone thinks as a trainer, it's really easy for us to just train yeah. on our own all the time but we're human as well. Um, and some days I don't wanna do it, but I just do it anyway. And um, sometimes it's harder than others. Sometimes I'm excited to do it, sometimes I'm not. Um, and so, especially when you're on your own, and I usually have a coach and I don't have my coach at the moment, I'm I'm pushing myself. So it's um, teaching me to be tough and have to really you know, switch on in my own head without having someone there to egg me on and, and guide me. So, um, yeah it's good in that way as well. I think it's important to be able to do it on your own. So um, what
0: because- what advice do you have for those who um you know they're trying to get up out of bed and you know they're like oh I um it's really hard to get training like you, you the same things go through your head like what what gets you up and training?
2: Um well I am much more of an evening trainer, so I've been just making sure I go for a walk. So I'm trying to, I guess you could say, intuitive. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm now working to what I know my body works best at. So I'm just getting up and going for a walk first thing. So a walk's not hard. A walk's easy. So I'm starting my day with an easier task. Um, so then that gets me moving. Um, and then I guess by the by the end of the day, which is when I'm setting my training to be at about four thirty-five o'clock. I'm itching to get outside and and to train because I've been working all day or you know studying or something like that. So um, for me that works well. So I've made it that I'm I'm so desperate to get outside that there's no way I'm not going to train. Um, whereas if I flipped it and did it in the morning, I probably would struggle a bit more. Um, but I guess even if you can only train in the morning. Um, and it is a tough time for you. Can't necessarily train at the ideal time that you'd want to. My advice would probably be just to, you just got to get up and do it anyway because you're not always going to feel motivated. It's just that discipline and you know you know the feeling that you're going to have once you do it. You're going to feel a hell of a lot better. So trying to think of that end feeling and switch into that mindset when you're having those like negative thoughts or you know, staying in bed is a lot easier. Um, just trying to flick your, your head into that, oh, well, I'm going to feel really good at this, so I just need to get up and start.
0: Yes. Staying in bed is always a lot easier. It's always easier to do nothing. Oh, yeah, right? always, yeah. Uh, always. Always.
2: Yeah, and when like, when it's cold or rainy, like, of course you want to stay in bed. Like, this morning I woke up, I was like, oh, I could just stay in bed, but I was like, no, get. it's just rain. Like, it's not going to hurt me. So I put my jacket on and I went for a walk. Like, it's just yeah. some water. Like, it, it, it keeps so everyone
0: else away fun. as well, which is always sometimes helpful.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and I felt ten times better for doing it. So, if I hadn't have done it, I knew that I'd probably, you know, not be as happy and bubbly if I hadn't have gone for a walk. So, I just reminded myself of how good I would feel if I did it, and I just got up, put my jacket on, and off I went.
3: Yeah, hundred so,
2: percent. Yeah, but it, yeah, reality is it's going to be easy. Like it's it's the same for us. Everyone's in the same boat, but you just gotta just gotta do it anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key, right? When you realize actually. You know, it's not easy for anyone. They just do it anyway. Like, I remember looking at, like, Janet Kane, who's done, like, 50 shows, pump shows, and the diet, and be like, oh, no, you know, sometimes I think, oh, maybe it's easier for her. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not easier for her at all. Like, it's still really fucking hard. Um, she just chooses to continue yeah. doing it. Like, there's nothing easy about what she's doing, and she, she makes it because she's so, like, good, She can make it look easy and then you can be fooled to thinking, oh, well, maybe it is easier for for them. But it's not. It's not. I think that's really um, crucial to keep in mind for everyone. It's like when you actually realize that everyone is starting from exactly the same position and, you know, it's that thing of that daily decision. They decide to get up, wake up, eat their food, get on their bike, in their car, drive, you know, train, even though they don't feel like doing it, they do it anyway. And then the question is, well, why aren't I doing that? They felt exactly the same way as me, and it actually gives you hope. It gives you hope to go, well, if they got up and they felt like that, and I got up and I feel like this, well, really, I don't have an excuse anymore. They just, they just, they just avoided all the excuses that I could come up with because they actually felt worse than I did, and they still did it, or they had more going on and they still did it. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really good good takeaway and it's something to keep to keep in mind.
2: I think it's one of the biggest misconceptions that, and I, I mean, I used to. We've all been there. I was on the other side of the fence when I was a client and not a not a trainer. And you do you just think for some reason for for trainers or people in the industry it's just real easy for them. But it's we're we're all human, you know. Um, it it just means that you know we maybe do it more regularly. So I don't know maybe the way we just can switch our heads around is a little bit quicker. But it, that comes with practice. There's no reason if you're not a trainer that you can't have that same headspace. So um. You know, it's just putting yourself in that situation and, and making sure you stay disciplined, and you can get to the same level. But um, yeah, everyone's in the same boat, like you said. So, mm. yes, you just got to get it done because in the end, you feel good.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Let's. Uh. Any any other thoughts, words?
2: No, I think it's been good this morning. Some interesting topics. Good. So. Yeah, I think it's great. It's helping a lot of people, and I think um, it's good to hear like um, Christina how she was talking about her stuff. Like the fact that she's, you know, was confident enough to come on and talk about that was really good because it will help a lot of other people as well as help her. So yeah,
0: one hundred percent. Yeah, did I, did I do it? Do I do justice? I don't know if like I said what I was trying to say. I do like, really think about this intuitive eating thing, but uh,
2: yeah, I think I, actually. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's dependent on it is if you have a goal and you have a body composition goal, or well, intuitive eating is not going to get you to that goal. Like it's just not how it works. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tricky. It's a tricky one. I, most I, of the time,
0: I, people under eat, and, and that's the thing. It's like you know how many clients come to us and they're they're not eating enough, and they're like, oh, but hang on, this is more food than I was eating. It's like yes, correct.
4: Because
3: yeah.
0: You need to nourish yourself, yeah. and you actually don't know how to nourish yourself. Um, so if we yep. say, all right, just just eat what you want, you, you're going to go back to, to eating not enough, which isn't which isn't what you want. Like, and it's not you want to overeat because if you're, you go the other way, then and, and there is a fine line between that as well. Like, you know, you don't want to be undereating, you don't want to be overeating. You need to be j- just right and optimizing. And in that balance, it really requires a lot of uh, analysis and consciousness to be brought out. And if you leave it in terms of this, you know, how I feel um, on a day to day basis, it might be good at Putting less effort into that area, um, but if you put less to, to do other things, let's say for example. But if it really the, the focus is achieving in this area, um, like it, probably the best example is that before we had to lock down and that I was dieting, and um, you know I was really building my calories up and you know manipulating things, and, and Reese was doing my body fat and helping me out. And then when you know kind of we had to lock down and all that, I said to Reese, this is you know this isn't going to work in this period. Um, I don't I don't want to diet during this period. Because I don't think it's it's sensible. Um, let, let's just, you know, what's my maintenance? And he figured out my maintenance and it's like, all right, this is what you're going to eat. All right, cool. Um, but, you know, I've left it to a little bit more of intuitive eating, but I've, I've certainly noticed that, uh, like, to put more effort into other areas, but it's not what I'd be doing if I was trying to push the needle or move the needle, so to speak, and... For those who don't know what I mean by move the needle, it's a race car analogy when moving the needle is like, you know, going into the red. Obviously, you get that, Amy. But uh, I had someone the other day say to me, I said, move the needle. And they're like, what's move the needle? I've never heard that saying before. But, yeah.
2: Never no, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think, I think intuitive eating, like, obviously, it depends on what your level people are to- meaning, like, their understanding of intuitive eating. But the way I look at it is I'm the same. Like, if I was to just, um, and it's not when I follow a plan, I'm not following a there's two there's a few ways to go about it. You can follow a plan and be extremely strict because yes, you want your body comp goal of maybe a photo shoot or a comp or um, a fight or whatever. So you have to be extremely strict and follow exactly what's on the plan. Um, or you can have a plan that's a bit more of a guide that's um, like you said, like what you're doing at the moment and what I'm doing, like my food's gone up to baseline, but i I'm eating things like rice cakes, peanut butter oats, um, maple syrup, things that I wouldn't normally have if I was trying to get a good body composition result. Um, so it's giving me more freedom to have other things, but I'm still not not following anything. So I know how much of what I'm eating um, and I know I'm not going over into a surplus or I'm not under eating. Um, and I think in order to like completely do intuitive eating where you don't follow anything but you just know that takes a lot of time and a lot of knowledge and understanding. And I think it also takes a lot of experimenting and going through processes. So if you've gone through a big body composition transformation a few times, um, if you've eaten in a surplus, if you've eaten in a deficit and dieted hard, then you know how much of what is gonna affect your body. So I think then maybe you can do it better if you've got a lot of experience and knowledge. Um, but still, I have that. But then I still, if I intuitively ate, I would definitely undereat. I would probably pass the day and end up just eating fruit and two meals, and that would be about it. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. So, yeah, I think as someone who's new to it and new to the game, it's uh, not a wise move at all. It's, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. If I was to intuitively eat, it'd just be like, oh, what what meats? I'd, I'd probably just start eating, um, like meats and not vegetables because I don't like vegetables. So it's like a, just, just cut out my vegetables and just eat, you know, like.
2: <laughs> I...
1: What was that, Amy? <laughs> I
2: would just eat acai bowls and peanut. Butter. Yeah. I'd just eat acai bowls, peanut butter, and dark chocolate, and one main meal. Like, and, and I would think that oh, I'm eating so well or whatever, but I would have very heavily under eaten, and yeah, I would have This, this is what my just, body, uh, and then the, the risk part, is
0: this it. is this is what my body wants me to eat. Um, and it's very, very fine line. It's like, is it, is it really what your body wants you to eat? Is it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard call. Um, you know, there's, there's a fine line between, uh, nourishment and, um, I suppose bias. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. But yeah, all learning, all learning.
3: Final (laughs) thoughts, final
2: questions.
3: Sorry.
0: I've got to sign off because I've got to oh, yeah, train I'm Nathan wrong. now. Welcome. Say hi. All right, bye, bye all. Amy. Thanks for sharing. All folks. That's uh, It's almost 12.30. If there's any final <laughs> thoughts, final questions, feel free to unmute yourself um, and ask. So, uh, and if there's anyone, I mean, at the moment, I've only got Christina, Shade and Carol on the line. If there's someone who's phoned in and I can't, because I can't see anyone who has phoned in. If you phoned in and you want to ask a question, feel free to unmute yourself. Um, likewise, Christina, Shade, and uh, Carol, uh, feel free to unmute yourself and uh, ask any final questions.
4: Um, I have
0: a. Right, we lost Carol just as she was about to ask something. There she is, she's back.
4: Are you still there? Yeah,
0: we're right here.
4: Oh, I just lost you for a second, okay. Uh, was anyone else?
0: No, talking? no, you go go, Sorry. go right ahead.
4: I cut out for a second, okay. So there's two other girls on here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks like, okay, so maybe, um, I don't know them, but maybe they, they would have some uh, insight on this too. Um, This will sound kind of odd, probably, but it relates to something you talked about last week. Yeah. Um, On the call. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. I think that's when you brought up something. Well, you said it wasn't a good idea for her. I forget who it was, but you mentioned something about um, when females get too uh, late,
0: they sometimes superior. period. lost Carol again. Intermittent fasting. Oops, I'm back. I got...
4: I lost you. Okay. Can you hear me now?
0: I can. So you're saying about intermittent fasting when people get too light, when females particularly get too light.
4: Yeah, and then um, their period stops. Do you remember talking about that? Yep.
0: Yep.
4: Okay, so I kind of was thinking about that and then I I keep track of mine so I was went back and looked at my calendar and realized that um, I, I'm in that boat right now because I got like really light for I was starting to get really light for my comp and then I did the photo shoot like I said and I it was the lightest I've been in like 30 years so I am about 10 days late for mine so yeah. I was telling Luke yesterday on our call and he said I told him you talked about it in the call last week and yeah. he said you know that might be, that sometimes happens when you just, because my body fat got like really low and it might be because of that. So I don't know if you have any thoughts. Um So he said I should uh, up my calories a bit, you know, during this you're phase just, where I'm just
0: yep. maintenance. And, and do you have any other suggestions? Definitely increase your fats. Um I'd probably be aiming around like, uh like what is it, your your body weight. So like, let's just say like your 60 odd, 65 kilos times uh, 0.8 would be around 52 so around 52 grams of macro fat per meal so it'd probably be around like 15 to 20 grams of food weight fat per meal so like 20 grams of butter 15 grams of butter like uh 15 grams of olive okay. oil stuff like this per, per meal depending on how many meals you're having so it's, it's quite a, it's quite a it's a bit of fat right um is what actually you know what i'll put it in the chat right now give me one sec some examples of like uh we just put this right in the chat all right so you can have a look at that um sorry it's a bit of, bit of a chunk of text i might just also facebook that Do you're you're on facebook carol
4: i am not no you're
0: not on facebook all right well i'm going to email it to you because i know once we get off this chat um the, the the stuff will disappear but uh let me see oh okay might need you to email me your i know i got it before but have you got my email carol yes yeah.
4: and you emailed me the thing um yeah i do have it
0: Hang with on, my id second. yeah g- give me give me one second so just you my name
4: ahead. at gmail.com
0: yeah i'll get it i'll get it i'll get it one second all right i'll, I'll find it and i'll get it um what was thanks I gonna Say. um so just yes, I, I would, I would, I would definitely increase. There are certainly ch- supplements that you can take as well. Um, probably the the absolute best person to speak to on this is our resident uh, naturopath Christine, who um, mm-hmm. basically really specializes in in all this stuff. Uh, so you know definitely can reach out to her. But f- first point of call I would say is certainly um, uh, increasing your calories, as as Luke said, because often you know the reason why. Uh, one of the common reasons why, well, I mean, obviously stress is a big factor, but you know, simply, simply, uh, undereating, um, not having enough calories is, is, a, is a big thing. So, uh, particularly, particularly fat. So, I would certainly look at, you know, and and I'm going to say like it is, is somewhat normal and it's good, like it's only been like once and it's, it's it could just be a bit late, increase your food, put your body fat on. And that's the other thing as well, like if you don't have enough body fat, that can also affect, um, your cycle as well. It's kind of like, you know, this inverse kind of paranoia that people have towards cholesterol but you know the, the truth is if you didn't have any cholesterol then you'd be very very unhealthy with a lot of uh chronic issues so you certainly don't want your cholesterol levels at, at nil and you certainly don't want to be not consuming fat because if you're doing that then you're going to have health issues as well it's like this joke in medicine where it's like um oh the cholesterol is low but they died um you know well you don't, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what good is that? That's just silly. So um, you want to you wanna make sure that you've got enough good fatty acids in, in your diet, um, you know, in the form of like yeah, saturated fats like butter, coconut oil, olive oil, which is polyunsaturated, um, you know, eggs, avocados. Uh, yeah, these fats are going to be crucial. So just making sure that you're having enough and, and putting them in your diet. And um, yeah, so yeah, definitely, as Luke said, and then the second point of call, you can definitely speak to Christine. Um, about that and she could potentially put you on like a supplement protocol if you know issues persist um to bring it back online um yeah that's what i, I would do okay look there's okay. other things you do like great anatomy, thanks i won't anatomy, be too worried anatomy, um like she's got access to a whole bunch of different herbs that she could she could formulate which i know like she's had a lot of success with with a lot of females who have come to see her with this um like a lot of success so yeah there's there's heaps of stuff you can
4: Okay, thanks. I'm not like super worried yet. It's only been I'm about like ten days late or so, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very unusual for me. So
0: I just thought yeah, it'd, um, it'd when time. you were talking last week, I, that's probably why. That's the only thing you've changed. Let's say it's probably you know, due to diet, um, being in a calorie deficit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: All right. Cool. Thank you.
0: Cool. No worries. All right. Well, uh, another great call, folks. Uh, thanks for everyone who participated. I will uh, speak to you all next week. Uh, yep awesome I'll speak to you next week all at 10 30 on Saturday and uh, yeah till then take care of yourselves and each other and remember to train hard eat well and supplement smart bye for now
4: thanks bye